So even though long break, my fault, we're actually in middle of Akasha. I will catch you up. So we're coming to the end. Actually, tonight, the Mishnah ends on Zion Amid Beis. And, and after, after the Sugya tonight, we go on a Reb Shua Ben Karcha tangent. So it's not, it's, it's you know, the Geshemaka Sugyas, the very Negea Sugyas, but they're not the Sugya of Avedah Zara. They're not the Sugya of Lifnei Ideya. So we're coming to the tail end of the Mishnah, of the Din of Lifnei Ideya. So the Mishnah said a Din. Lifnei Ideya and Shal Before the Yamim Tevim of Avedei Kechavim, it is Aser too. And it gave four categories, and in each category there was a, a positive and a negative. Lend, borrow. Lend, borrow money. Buy, sell. And collect and pay back. And we said, we said, what's the rationale for not being able to collect from a guy? I mean, I can't think of a worse calamity. That, you know, first of all, uh, many people may sure agree with me. I mean, that knock on the door... You owe me money? <laughs> Not a good thing, right? So, so why would it be usser to collect a chayv from an akum before his yantif that he's going to go praise his God? No, he's not. You know, you should get like double points. You're going to ruin his yantif. He's going to be in a bad mood. He's going to be shouting his God the whole yantif. Well, it should be good. So the Chachamim introduced a concept of Although it's painful now, it will be yishmak in the long run. And if you're at all mature, you appreciate this. We do things all the time that are not yishmak at the beginning, but turn out to be amazing. We invest work, we invest money, we invest effort, we invest time. And in the beginning, we see no Paris. And then the thing comes out to be a beautiful zach. So that's called the concept of even though it's painful now, is in the end. And therefore, the Chachamim said, it is also to collect a chayv from an Eni before his yantif because, mamish because of this far, that even though it's painful to take the money out of your wallet and pay the guy, after your initial bad mood subsides, you think... Lamaisa, he's never going to knock on the door again. He's never going to bother me. Rabbi Yehuda said, no. Rabbi Yehuda argued. Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah said, you can collect a chayv from a guy before his yontif. So the Gemara asked, really? Does Rabbi Yehuda argue on this concept? In fact, it's a pretty basic concept. Does Rabbi Yehuda argue on this concept of afal pisha meitzalewachshav sameachulacharzman? Not only does Rabbi Huda not argue, and Rabbi Huda Mama says this he said when it comes to Cholamayid. Rabbi Huda says you could do certain things on Cholamayid that although they're painful initially, they are, they are like very, very pleasant and worthwhile afterwards. So Rabbi Huda says, you're allowed to do them on Cholamayid. See, Rabbi Huda himself recognizes this swar of Afal Bisha Meitzalei So, So that was the Kasha. So we answered one answer last week. And we are going to continue with the second and the second answer right now. And this is on the first of the very wide lines, also known as the fifth line from the bottom of Vav Amid Beis. Ravina Amar. 
Ravina says, here's the answer. When it comes to an Evekechavim, and it comes to paying back a loan, it's always bad news for him. Because deep down, he had no plans of paying to the Jew. Me and you, who don't plan on absconding with a loan, me and you who don't plan on ripping off someone who lent us money, we appreciate a delay, but Lemaissa, we're happy we pay it off. Because deep down, we knew we planned on paying it off. It's something that we, that we calculated in. It's something we discounted. We are going to pay back this chayv. You're right, it hurts. It stings a little bit when, it, when you do it at first, but afterwards you're like, okay, I don't have that chayv anymore. Bar Hashem. By guy. He really, really deep down has no plans of paying. So therefore, says the Mara, Rabbi Yehuda, yeah, of course, he generally agrees with the concept of it may be not Gishmak now, but it will be Gishmak later. Not by paying off a loan to a Jew. He has absolutely no plans deep down to pay that back, and therefore it's always bad. Okay. That is the second answer. Ravina is the same? Ravina is what? No, because Nervin is explaining Rabbi Yehuda. The first Tarot explained to Rabbi Yehuda that Rabbi Yehuda really argues on the Svar of Afal Bishamait is different. But Ravina says, no, of course Rabbi Yehuda agrees with something that's essentially good. It's even though it's Meitzel Paying a, a guy, paying a yid back alone? Never. Explain your reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Finally, the Gemara says, Masnisan ben Our Mishnah is incongruent. We could do that nowadays for a week. Our Mishnah doesn't stim with, if we can't upset Ben, we could have us upset Nelson. The Mishnah stim nish with Rabbishua ben Karch. Says the Gemara, Masnisan Dolaikur Rabbishua ben Karch. The Tanya. Rabbishua ben Karch has another way of looking at this. Which means our Mishnah seems to be black and white. The Chachamim say, you cannot collect any chayv. Rabbi Yehuda says, you can collect any chayv. What's the Pshat Chachamim? What's the Pshat Rabbi Yehuda that we worked on? But it's black and white. Rabbi Yehuda is zero. He's, I don't care if you could collect any chayv. And the Chachamim say, no, nothing, none. We find another Mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Karcha says... Rabbi Shulman Karcha says it's a whole different way of dividing this. Depends. A loan that is documented, that's serious. That's serious. That's going to get collected. If you need to, you could go to the Goyesha courts to get the guy to pay. A loan in a document is basically unavoidable. And therefore, the guy knows in the back of his head he has to pay it back, understands that, and therefore, when he pays it back, he does feel good. Therefore, a malva, a malva bishtar, a malva bishtar, you can't collect from them because, because Lemaise is going to be happy that he paid it off. Lemaise is happy that he paid it off. Malval pe nefroyimehen. A malval peh, a just a, a you know a gentleman's loan, which means there's no documentation, there's no proof, 
There, the guy Taka had no plans on paying. And therefore, you're able to collect it before Yontif, before his Yontif. Now, if you look in the bottom Rashi, Malva Bishtar ain't a Freyman, Dayan. You can't collect him because Lamai said he knows that's real, and when he pays it off, he's happy. Since the Jew has a shtarlie, call shaita mistafimine. But in Milva Balpeh, Hitaka has no plans of paying. So if I would ask you, how do you how do you explain the difference between a Milva Bishtar and a Milva Alpeh? What Rashi did it, using the same logics we've been using the whole sugya. Malva Bishtar, the guy knows good and well he's going to have to pay. And therefore, when he finally gets that load off his chest, he's happy. A Milva Bishtar, a Milva Balpam, sorry, he had no plans on paying. So therefore, he is mad when he pays it. And therefore, it brings him no happiness. And therefore, you're allowed to collect him before a yonta because he's not going to praise his God. That's what Rashi says. Asks Rav Kivager, that's a great shot. That's an amazing shot. It fits with everything else we said in the Gemara. Except the Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says, Mipneshu kematzil meyodam. The Gemara says that, that paying back, a, taking back, collecting a milva balpeh is kematzil meyodam. Kematzil meyodam means that that you are salvaging otherwise unsalvageable money. So I know for you accountants types out there, there's something called like um, uncollectible debt or something like that. You can write something off as uncollectible debt. So, so and you can take it off your books. By, by collecting a malva balpeh, it's kematsu miyodam. Which Kvegar understands to mean breaks all the rules. Even though he's gonna be happy, you could collect it. So asks Rub Kivegar, says Rub Kivegar, the Gemara is at odds with Rashi. Rashi is Mashma that the reason you're allowed to collect a Milva Balpeh is because there is no happiness. So he's not gonna praise his God. There is only anger, so he's not going to praise his God. The Gemara is saying a different swarah. Saving money from them that we would never be able to have, that breaks all the rules. Matzlum is a license to break the rules. According to Rashi, he's not, he's not happy, you're not breaking any rules. So Kivagar is pointing out that Rashi's reasoning in the Gemara is at odds with what the Gemara says. And therefore, Kivegar blibes Shiver on Rashi, blibes Tzarech Ian on Rashi, that Rashi's reason is not the same reason as the Gemara. The Gemara is saying a sort of Kematsum Yodam. Now, I, I, like, this is a bad sushto. I'm just going to put this on pause. My point is, is that Matsum Yodam is a heter for an Isra. According to Rashi, the way Rashi learned the Sunya, there is no iser here. Malva Balpeh being collected just causes bad mood. There's no praising of their God. I don't need a heter for Malva Alpeh. Says Rukivega, the Gemara is not learning like that. The Gemara is saying it would be usher. I'm not sure how. 
but it's still mutter because this is kimat unsalvageable debt. Yes, until the words of the nation Matsum Yab. No, no, because yep. the guy was never planning on paying it back. Right. Because it, that's why it's that, 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 that mamish fits with the last svara, but then why did the Gemara need to end with those four words? That's the reason Mava has mutter to pay back the word of the Rashi. Oh, oh, so that's what I wanted to say. I want to say that Kuvager is learning, and this, therefore me and you are wrong. I thought like you. I mean, Rashi makes sense. Right, that knows Matsum Yodim is a hat to Furnisser. You could learn Matsum Yodim is a reason why he's going to be in a bad mood. Right. Yeah, that's you how. Think he's have to pay you're all, that's Mamish, I say. I didn't say it, but. I have that in my notes. Very good. Okay. End of the sugyas pertaining to Avedi Zara and doing business with a guy before his yantif. Yosef Reb Yosef Achuridur of Abba, Yosef Reb Abba Kamidur of Huna. So Reb Yosef was in the back of the room, and Reb Abba was in front of Reb Huna. And Rav Huna came and said the following statement, we passing like Rav Shua ben Karcha, meaning, in our Mishnah, even though the Mishnah doesn't say it, the din depends. We passing Rav Shua ben Karcha, in spite of the Mishnah. We passing Rav Shua ben Karcha, in spite of the fact that the Mishnah is not like him. The Hilchas Yehuda, and the Halach is like Rabbi Yehuda in the following complicated case. Hilchas Rabbi Yeshua Hadamrin. We possibly Rabbi Ben Karcha in that case we just talked about. What is the Halacha that we discussed that we passkin like Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda Ditanya. Following case. So before we start, you have to know one thing. There's a very, very, very special Kenyan in the Torah. And that is called, it's an involuntary Kenyan called Kenyan Gzela. When you steal something, if you want to steal it, the Torah awards you with a booby prize. You now are kainet. Now you're thinking, wow, isn't that nice of the Torah to assist me in my stealing? and help me out, and give me money, and give me ownership, and Kenyan on something that uh, until now was your bicycle. No, we're not doing this to help you out. We're doing this mainly because of the following case. You take a guy's bicycle, you steal something from him, and then five seconds later, the biggest accident ever happens. Literally, the bike was struck by lightning. Or even better, you could say, yeah, the lightning struck five feet away from where he was. That's your fault. Even better. Even better. Let's say, um, you know, they have like these, uh, these floods in California now. Nebuch. Let's say, I am your neighbor in California. I steal something from your house, bring it to my house. And then the whole block gets flooded and washed away. It doesn't exist anymore. So I can say, listen, buddy. God took it away. The flood happened. I wasn't. I didn't get anything from it. In fact, your item got washed away in the flood. It's not my, not my problem. No, no, no. You were kainet. The minute you were kainet, you owe him the money. What happens afterwards is your problem. What happens afterwards is your business. So we have this thing called a Kenyan Geneva, Kenyan Gzela. It's a Kenyan against your will 
in order to hold you responsible 100% for what you took. Well, either you're going to get caught by Adem or you're one day you're going to have remorse. Obviously, we're doing one of those two cases. If you're never caught and you never want to do tshuva, you're right. But you're in much worse shape than if you get caught and do tshuva. But no, you're right. You're 100% right. This case is not for somebody who got away with it. So, with that in mind, if a person gives raw wool, I sheared my sheep, and I want this wool dyed. So I go to the dyer. A person who gives wool to the dyer, with the instructions to dye it red. And the guy messed up. He dyed it black. He didn't listen. He didn't listen to my instructions. Or vice versa. Shachar, you asked him to dye it black. And he dyed it red. Okay. So what is the status now? What's the situation now between the customer and the dyer? Remeir says very simply. You stole, you stole, and therefore you have to pay him back the wool. Period. Period. There's no other qualification, no other, no other stipulation, no other tenoyim. By dying at the wrong color, it's irreversible. By dying at the wrong color, you basically stole it. I did not want black wool. I want red wool. And I gave you my wool. I asked you to do red. You did a foreign act to it. Tantamount to stealing. You now stole it. All you owe me is my wool, period. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer. Rabbi Yehuda says no. No. You have to pay the guy for his services. Rabbi Yehuda says, Im hashevach yeser al if the final product is worth more than the expenses. So the wool is $100, the dye is $20, the labor is $20, so there's $140 of raw material in there. If you could sell this on the market for $150, im ha-shevach you just have to pay him for his expenses. Which means the dyer is going to lose here. The dyer is going to lose here. He's not going to lose all his money. He's not going to have to be punished punitively. He's just not going to make any money. So if the product is worth $150, the dyer cannot tell you, give me $150. That's how much this product is worth. No, no, no. I will pay you for your dye, $20. I will pay you for your labor, $20. But that's it. I'm not paying you anymore. That's it. If this was a bad business idea, and the 
dye costs $25 and the labor costs $25 and can only be sell, sold for $140, all you have to do is pay him 100 you have to pay him a hundred. Um, uh, you pay him one hundred forty, which means, which means, the dyer wasn't kind of by stealing it. The dye still belongs to the, the wool still belongs to the customer. He just pays him whatever figure is less. If his costs are less. Then I pay, and if it costs less than it's worth, then I pay for your cost. I keep the worth. If the worth is less than the costs, I pay you for the worth, not the costs. Meaning, there's a machlekes here between Remeyer and Reb Yehuda. Is this actually a Kenyan gzela? Remeyer says quid pro quo. It's a Kenyan gzela. Period. Game over. I don't care how much it's worth. He, you, you changed it. You stole it. He's paying you for the wool. And what happens afterwards is his business. He owns the wool. Rebuda says, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't kind it. He's not kind it. He's not kind it. And therefore, and therefore, whatever figure, you have to pay the guy. He's not kind it. Whatever you could get away with paying him, you could get away with paying him. You're not machuyev to pay him more than the least possible figure. So it's a machuyev between Remeyer and Rebuda how to deal with a dyer who messed up. And the second psak of Rabbi Yosef was that we paskin, that we paskin like Rabbi Yehuda over here, like Rabbi Yehuda over here, and not Remeyer, and the dyer is not kind of the wool. Instead, the, the customer still owns it, he still has to pay the guy, he just pays him the lesser figure. So it's not good for the dyer, Again, because it's not always clear what's better and what's worse for the dyer. Rabbi Yehuda just says it's not a kinning zela. And Rabbi Yosef Paskin, sorry, Rabbi Huna Paskin, like Rabbi Yehuda in this case. Okay, I guess we'll continue from here tomorrow. It gets, uh, gets a little lumpish.